welcome to another episode of Jersey Smarties. Today, what it, what is it lately with you? You just cut. I got two jobs. I introduce us and I send us out. I know, but you like, know what? Boom. I, I want to mix it up a little bit. It throws you off. I've seen that a couple of times. It throws you off, yeah. and, and that's pretty cool. It's okay. I, I yeah, see it on your I face. I can't give our fake names. All right, go ahead. Let's let's make believe we're starting over. And okay. go. Okay, welcome to Jersey Smarties with your host, Father Giuseppe and Father Pat. And how about Cardinal um... O'Hara? O'Hara. <laughs> Cardinal O'Hara. Cardinal uh... O'Hara, right? Bishop Tutu. What was that guy's name? Which guy? Bishop Tutu. Why is that ringing a bell? What was it? Um, I have no Bisman idea. Tupu. Oh, I think it was like Bisman Tutu or whatever. I don't know. He was like an activist. An actor? Anyway, he I, I, I is an actor. Yeah, he was in Bollywood. He uh, did amazing feats with vehicles. It, it's the next video we're going to break down. That's not Singham? N- no. Singham is um, apparently dating Taylor Swift now. Really? Yeah, yeah wow. that's a big thing. Big thing. Wow. Singham. Singham returns. Haters gonna hate, 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 hate. Anyway, um, so I, Wait, I, I'm before, pretty ex- be, be, before we go into intros of oh, who we Jesus. have on, just did like, you hear about Taylor Swift and um, uh, is it Brittany Mahone? Yeah, we uh, I actually uh, uh, saw it was posted. Um, our lawyers posted it on, on our uh, social media pages. We don't have lawyers. Um, we, we, okay, we, then, we, we then it was me. <laughs> Posted it to our social media page, um, pages. So there was a conversation that was overheard, and they were talking about us, specifically me. But that's okay. I get it. So. I, I understand that. And I think it was yeah. Charles Manson that overheard it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the beard. It's yeah. the beard. Yeah. yeah. He's such yeah. a nut job. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's get into the guests. Come on. Go, go, come go, on, go. Come on. Okay. So today we have our first ever Actually, no, I'm wrong because technically both of them are returning guests. They are. It's a panel. I would call this a panel. It's a panel. So this is a panel of expertise in absolutely nothing, just like us. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. That's basically we, what it is. We bring a whole lot of nothing. Well, yeah. So uh, welcome back to the show. We have Ed. Ed's back on the show with us. How you doing today, Ed? I am doing great, actually. Great. It's been a very productive day. Ed, you and look also, good. Did you shave your head today? I, I did. I shaved it just so that the uh, listeners could see my glistening skull. Oh, my God. All right. Um, and I think, then we, also, I think we could hear the, the, the sound coming off your glistening skull. Yeah. Yeah. And also, we're going to welcome back to our show, Mike. Mike's back on the show. And um, we're looking forward to hearing everything he's got to say as well. So um, we, we want to talk about um, something that, of course, is taboo to talk about in, in uh, real life because everybody has their um, obstacles to bear with religion. And um, Ed, as well as Mike, have their views on religion. And I really want to start off with Ed. So, Ed, tell us a little bit about what your religious belief background and all that stuff is. So uh, I'm an atheist. So I believe that there's, you know, the existence of a God. Um, I just, 
it's just not something I believe in. It's not something that I uh, subscribe to. How it happened was, I don't know, over the course of many years, I, I found my faith into, you know, born into the Roman Catholic Church. It wasn't something that gave me comfort. It wasn't something that I just, it's something that just didn't fulfill me. I didn't agree with them anyways. So, and as I kind of, but would you say you know, you're an atheist? My life, I, I stumbled and. But are, are you an atheist? I'm an atheist. Yeah. Or I, are I you agnostic? I am. So I'm an atheist. I, I I do not believe it. Agnostic has the disposition that it could there could be a god, or there you know, there can't there maybe there isn't a god. I, I I do not believe there is a god. So wait, let me make sure I get this correct because for the for the um the uh, not so bright people in the back. Atheist is no God, right? That's correct. Okay. And as what far is, as I understand it. What's, what's agnostic? Agnostic is you, there could be a God or there couldn't be a God. It's kind of like the Schrodinger's cat of religion this way. I kind of, I like summon. that one. Yeah. I like that I, one. And yeah. Again, that's my, that's my understanding of it, right? You pick and or choose. I, I got like, I want the, what's the religion where, um, you pick like one day you can be Catholic the next day because it's Christmas and you get gifts. And the next day you pick Hanukkah because you get nine nights of gifts. I think that's called schizophrenic. That's the one I want. I was going to say, I think it sounds like millennial millennial snowflake. Right. Right. Um, so I, okay. So you're, uh, you're agnostic, right? Atheist. 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 I knew it began with an A. I'm just not good at math. Um, yeah. So, um, Mike, and you are, you're, I think you're non-denominational, right? Mike, you're on mute. Yeah, you're on mute, buddy. Yeah, I'm a non-denominational Christian minister. Nice. And how long have you been a, a minister? And like, what are, what are your, what's some of your core beliefs? Well, that, you know, that. There's a God, obviously. Uh, Jesus Christ was sent here, put into the Virgin Mary through the Holy Spirit, and uh, he's going to be our salvation. Okay. Now, Sam, you are, what, what Italian, right? Yeah, Paisan, you know. Paisan, Paisana, You're Muslim. So where, where does your religion stand? What is so the premise here? The, the religious theorists say that Islam is the last of the structured religions that follow the, um, the origination of religions, which comes out of the Torah, then it was Christianity, and then Islam is the, the last of it. So it's the, the last of the organized religions as per the books. And it does identify all the organized religions within Islam, and we follow... Uh, I would say majority of the same exact beliefs when it comes to the stories, when it comes to the, um, I don't know if you want to call them like the miracles and different things of that sort. Okay. Okay. I was born and raised Catholic, Catholic, Roman, Roman Catholic. Um, we went to church every Sunday, um, especially on holidays because that was a big thing. Um, I went to Catholic school, had to wear the little Catholic school outfit, and we were told that we um, confessed our sins out. Yeah. 
So that uh, Jesus was uh, the Son of God, and he died for us on the cross. So, Ed, when did you, um, I guess, identify yourself as being an atheist? At what point? Uh, I think it was a... I don't remember the exact year. I, I know it was as I was working on... Um, I was in school, and I was taking a psych of death and dying class, and... I stumbled onto uh, something called terror management theory, and it's based upon this book called um, The Dial of Death from Ernest Becker. And that was what started with me where I was like, I don't know, like something about this I understand. It makes more sense to me. And then I um, transferred I went from Middlesex County College to Kane, became just obsessed with terror management theory. And out of those studies, there were a few things that came up about how in a mortality, mortality salient condition, so when we're primed to think about death, we attach ourselves to our worldviews a little bit more strongly. We get a little more defensive, a little more hostile. Um, and I, I just noticed how a lot of people, when in this mortality salient condition, were asked to do some pretty horrific things, like uh, one of the experiments where they were asked to uh, hammer a nail, but the only thing they had was a crucifix. And people in the mortality salient condition uh, they, they were hesitant to use the cross, and people that didn't have it uh, didn't. They just were uh, easier to do it. And there's also another famous study where it, it's not just religion. They they looked at the, the judicial system where they uh, gave the mortality salient condition to a number of judges and then presented them with the most common offense in Las Vegas, which was prostitution. All of them in the mortality salient condition gave the highest form of punishment. And for some reason, it, this information put me down on a path where it just made me question things. A little, and I eventually just moved away from my faith. And that's kind of how it happened. Uh, it wasn't like an aha moment. It was just more like it happened over time. So, and uh, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it sounds, and I'm not trying to mock anybody. So if, if this comes off the wrong way, it's not meant to be. But... Ed, you ran away from religion. Mike, it sounds like you ran to religion during times of crisis. Would that be fair? Uh, well, I was raised and baptized Catholic, Roman Catholic, and uh, I, I strayed away from religion for a while, and then I just felt the calling and got myself back to it. And with Ed, you felt like you lack of better terms, like you, you, you walked away from the beliefs that you were initially brought to. And I'm just yeah. curious, is that because you, you lost faith because something happened in your life that you felt, um, it could not be answered by religion. It's just because of what you said, whether it's science theory or anything else like that. I think that's part of it. I, I for me there, like I said, there wasn't a really a moment, but I will say th there was one or two times where I found myself looking at theology, looking at religion, looking at my faith, and it gave me no comfort. It gave me no joy. It actually it made me angry. It, it brought me anger. It brought me strife. And I did walk away because it no longer gave me the things that it was supposed to do, apparently. Like, I, I took a few theology courses in, in, in college as well, and, and one of the tenets of Catholicism was that it's supposed to alleviate that anxiety of death. That's one of like the the underlying themes. 
and it's the exact opposite for me. Yeah, because I feel I feel like the whole religion is about that. But it's it, but that's the irony of it, right? The right. the way the information presented to me and how I interpret it. And I also want to make that very clear. It's how I interpret the information. I can't prove or disprove anything. I right. just know what works for me and helps me function better in in this world. So and uh, that that's that? that's interesting. No, that's 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 incredibly interesting because my brain is going to what I know, and then I'm thinking someone like Mike, he was drawn to it because of that. Well, Mike, why were you drawn back to religion? Uh, I realized my life had changed. I was making very poor decisions. And uh, I sat down and, you know, listed out what's the same and what's different. And the biggest thing was I lost faith. And it, and, bro it and brought you comfort. Yes, absolutely. Helped me realize that, you know, it, it wasn't one any particular incident it was the fact that i gave up in belief I, I, and uh i get that, that brought it, it back it, to me it makes you feel safe and at home when you have that that faith and, and you believe in it um believe Two in anything degree, yeah. really yeah believe in anything and it makes you it makes you feel stronger even um, if it's just a belief in fellow man you know everybody needs something to believe in whether it be a deity or just like I said, faith in humanity. And, and and that's and I think that's kind of in my own way what I was trying to say. People need to believe in something. And that's something and I think that's kind of where I noticed your kind of curiosity, John, was when I said that comment as far as like that's what I believe, that what works for me. And that's where I think, you know, Michael and I are on the same page. You know, whatever gives you comfort, I mean that's that's what it's about right well i mean and and the funny part about it is if you think about it i mean and i think i know i've at least i think thank i might have had this converse, conversation with you Ed. yeah i know think right what the hell um is if you really put thought into it, it, it the the i think the first religion was cath was you know roman catholic catholicism that was not um, the first religion what that is nowhere near the first religion Okay, so I'm not good at religion or math. All right. Or geography. <laughs> Thank you. Or but history. Or history in general, right? Yes. Uh, but it, 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 it but, seems but, but like... John, you, you're, you're good with HR. So, they, I mean... I, I'm a guru. There you all go. right. So, with that being said, it seems like there's different religions that fit everybody. And especially in today's world... Um, I mean, sure, it, it, you got different types of Catholic religion. You got different types of um, uh, uh, Judaism. You know, it goes right down the list to, to fit each individual person. Do you really believe that's what religion is, is, is how it fits the individual? Or do you believe that there was one book, one religion, and it just spread off into this? Are you asking me? I'm asking everyone. So because... my, my knowledge of is from, so like I said, I was born and raised Roman Catholic. So I am, I am an atheist within the scope of Catholicism. And that's something about a lot of atheists kind of discuss because uh, people born in Muslim religion become, and become atheists. They're, they're atheists in the scope of, uh, of Islam. Mm -hmm. 
But my knowledge of religion, I, I was born with, with the, the three, the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Catholicism, and Islam. That's that's what I knew of. And I only knew about Islam until later on. I honestly didn't know much about it until, gosh, late 20s, 30s. And even now, I'm still learning a lot about it. Um, I know there was religions prior to those. Mm-hmm. I know there's, a, a, what is it, the um, Zoroastrians? No, that's that's still under the, the scope of uh, the Abrahamic religions. I think there's other uh, religions that they're called religions because it's, it's a structured belief system prior to that, but I can't tell you the name right now. Well, one of the earliest religions were just cavemen that worshipped the sun. Right. You know, and then you had the worship of the stars and all of that. And the gods and, and all, all the gods, that, you know, Zeus and yeah, all and, yeah. You know, you can look now and you have, I have a friend right now who's Nordic. And he worships Zeus and Thor, or not Zeus, sorry, no, Thor like and Thor. Odin and Hela and Loki. Yeah, that's. He was a friend of mine from the Marine Corps, and they're like, "You're, you're, you're weird. This is a little outdated." Is there one that that supports Bucky Barnes and Quill? Because I'm in at that point. But um, Church of the MCU. Yeah. So. Um, but but you know it it brings it it brings a, another question to the table and that is, you know as as children, um, we're not really given the choice of what religion we're going to be. We, we we take what our family is. Um, do you find that when you got older and being able to make that choice, um, especially Mike in, in in your position because um, you 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 didn't veer very much from your learning. You just veered on. On, on your, I guess, wavelength. I wanted to cast. give myself a bigger net to cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you made that choice when you were older, and Ed, it seems like you've made your choice when you were a little older too. Oh, yeah, significantly. Um, Sam, and and you were you were born into it. Did you ever think about being in I, a different religion? Honestly, um, being brought up Muslim. My grandfather was probably the closest thing to uh, God that I've ever known. And the man always spoke about all the religions. And his teachings to us growing up was, it doesn't matter what religion you are, as long as you believe in what you want to believe. So, for example, one time we were in Jerusalem, and it was prayer time, and there was no mosque in the area, and we went to a church. And we prayed in the church. And I remember thinking, this is weird. Like, we're Muslims. Why are we in a church praying? And afterwards, when I asked him, he said, the place of God is what you make it. Right. Your belief is what you believe in. And, again, you could disagree with other people's opinions and whatever their their skew on faith is, but... It's not our place to judge them if they're right, if they're better, if they're worse. So I've always had the open, kind of honest discussion with people about religion. Because again, with especially with Islam, a lot of people believe that there's certain words in the Quran that are hate towards like a, either a certain religion or it's hate towards a certain culture or whatever it might be. Um, it, it's very different than what people believe it is. So one of the first 
religions out there, believe it or not, is Hinduism. And it was about um, praying to statues and praying to these things that people envisioned as their god. And um, some of you may know this and you may not, but like Mecca, which is our like holiest place where uh, we go for our um, pilgrim pilgrimage every year, um, there's the Black Square. Now, the history behind the Black Square is very interesting because the history of the Black Square is where they put, they stored all their idols, their gods in there. And they would mm. go in there and they would pray to their gods and they would put different statues or idols in there saying that this is their new god. So when, when Islam came about, it was very radical. Like, how could you say there's only one god? How could you say that your god gives you certain powers and, and gives you certain authorities? Um, I do believe in any religion that's out there that gives you the ability to get through tough times. So even though Ed says, you know, he's atheist, I think there has to be, like he said, you have to have a certain belief and want to believe in human beings as a whole. And whatever gives you that comfort and that peace to do that, that's great. Some of us mm -hmm. like to read scriptures because it brings you to this very neutral place for you to have more organized thinking. I would best place it at. Um, right. The one thing I, I don't like is when anyone tries to push their religion, say, no, 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 yours is wrong because of blah, blah, blah. And that was a big argument early on where people would say, you know, Muhammad, the prophet Muhammad is not a um, is not a prophet. What did he do that was special? And what was his miracle? And what? Well, I mean, it's it's a matter of history of what people have reported. Right. This guy was supposedly um, a nobody went into the mountain, and he received a certain message. He was able to come back and speak in a way that he never spoke before. He was illiterate. And he came back reciting certain things that were just different than what he ever had before. And in the miracle was he was— Muslim? Yes. And yeah, the, okay. the, the miracle was he was able to be able to come back and share a message that was brought to him, a vision that was brought to him, and had others that knew how to write be able to write these scriptures down. He became the prophet because he, he stood his ground on what he believed he experienced and went through and was willing to die for it. Hmm. Jesus Christ. I mean, the reason that people is he stood up for what he believed in, and he died for it. No different than Abraham or anyone else that we identify as a prophet or anything else. It, it's what they stood for, that they believed they got a message, they got a certain spirit within them to push them to convince or influence a certain kind of movement. Um, I think, John, you and I spoke about this. Unfortunately, a lot of that turns very into cult-like behavior, depending well, on, yeah, on and, the teacher. And that, that's exactly what I was going to say is, is you bring up like a really good point. Like we've all, we've all gotten behind a cause, you know, someone's got a great story and they say, let's get behind this. Let's do this. And if you think about the history of every religion, um, first of all, I just want to point out if there was a religion that made me uh, be better at math, I would definitely join that religion at this point. But 
We all get behind this story, <laughs> no, and it's I don't a think, story. I think there is one. I'm sorry. You can create <laughs> one. We'll call, yeah, we'll call I just, it the. I, 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 I think there should be there should be one. Well, but, there are those that follow numerology. Are you just making that up? How about science? No, I swear to God, numerology is a thing. How about yeah. Scientology? Maybe we'll we'll stick you in there. How about gynecology? Hang out with Tom Cruise for a little bit. <laughs> gynecology. I was the one thing out of your mouth, John. I was like, let's. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the punchline. Yeah. Waiting for it. There it was. So, so we've all gotten behind a cause, right? We've all, and I think. You know, and Sam, you said it all turns into a cult because human nature, listen, there's always bad apples. And I think like when I think about the Catholic religion, and this is my memories, my perception. So let me be very clear with that. You know, I went to Catholic school. You had to go to first Friday mass. You had to go to Sunday mass. You had to, you had to, um, you know, volunteer in the church. You had to do all these things. And then all of a sudden, yeah, confession, you know, tell your sins, blah, 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 which. I love your confession story, but <laughs> with that, I, it, it turned into, well, what money can you give the church? Oh, you're not giving enough money. So you don't get this. You know, are you, are you really? or religion or um a, a fundraiser anything like that where we get behind the cause and then all of a sudden it's like the wizard of oz that cause either dilapidates or wasn't really there and it was a front to begin with um do you, any of you guys feel like that was the case with anything that you experienced well yeah absolutely uh my time in iraq i i watched a lot of people local shapes that perverted the Muslim religion. And that's pretty much how we ended up with our war on terrorism. It, it was a perversion of a religion. Same with the Spanish Inquisition. It was a perversion of Christianity. You know, it, it was, you know, people manipulating biblical or uh, other religious texts to yeah, I, I agree. essentially benefit themselves. Correct. And that's what I was going to say. I agree because it benefited them at the end of the whole journey. Um, exactly. They don't believe the crap that they're spitting out, but they know that if there's people out there that will fall for it. And cults are built on fear. So if, Absolutely. You, if you think about any religion, um, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I grew up fearing ever like going against my parents because it sent you to hell. Fearing. Right. Um, being blasphemous about religion because it sent you to hell. And, you know, hell was, was hell. I mean, the way they drew it out, you were like, oh, my God, I never want to go there. So it puts that fear into you. And you're absolutely right. They bastardize the religions to benefit what, what their narrative is because they want more people to be on their side. Mm-hmm. I, don't sort of, yeah. I, don't think I don't think that's exclusive to religion, though. I think that's anything, even... Like, if we're going to say, like, I believe in science as, as my form of worldview construct, let's think about everything the Nazis did in the name of science. Oh. Everything they did in the name of the occult, right? I, I think that's 
we're all victim to that. I think. Well, I, I actually messaged this victim to that. I actually messaged this to Jay. It was either earlier or yesterday. You know, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And no matter where you're drawing that power from, whether it be a lordship as a handed down title or as a religious leader, you have the ability to gain power through corruption. Yeah, you know, and I, go ahead. No, I, and I think Sam said it uh, great, the, the weaponization of fear. It, mm -hmm. it, it's, it does some pretty crazy things to people. I mean, well, I, I mean, you think about it, that you brought up the Nazis. Let's just take that. Everybody was behind Hitler. You know, he was, he wrote books. He was, he was a leader. Year, correct? Yeah, uh-huh. I think he was Times Man of the Year, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, in, uh, I think it was 39, 1939, something along there. I yeah. think it was before the invasion, so it would have been before 38, wouldn't it? Yeah, again, history. But uh, I was really close at 39. Let's be there, all right? But, uh, I mean, he wrote books. He was, people got behind him. And then once he got that power, like Mike was saying, he got that power and he got this following. And then again, like Sam said, it becomes this cult. I mean, if you think about it, the Nazis were just one big cult. Well, yeah. So this is the part that always amazes me. These religious leaders that build these cults around them, how does it end up about sex at the end? How does well, it Yeah. It, 72 virgins. I just keep saying that. Forget it. No, no. I'm not talking about the 72 <laughs> virgins, John. I'm talking about how it becomes. No, look at David Koresh in Waco. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, he. It, uh, look at uh, Jonestown Colony with Jim Jones. Yeah, it becomes very perverse, and it's all about their self-need, their self-gain. Once people's, yeah, self-fulfillment. You know, they, they start off with these seeming as prophets. You know, these people, they typically have a very uncanny ability to remember and spit out religious texts, whatever religion it may be. And it seems that they have a divine understanding of the text, and people start to gravitate towards that. And then they start going, well, I've got these people hook, line, and sinker. So I can pretty much twist whatever I want to fit what I need to get at the moment. Yeah, you know, and they're also very gifted at the art of manipulation, too. I mean, they can, I mean, we could go back to every TV evangelist in the world, and, and they just had the gift of the golden word that came out of their mouths, you know? Charismatic. Yeah. The end, they tell you, they make you believe. They make you believe you're missing something and they have the solution to that. Yep. They have yep. what you're they're missing. Like, they're like gurus. Well, have have you guys seen that documentary on Netflix? It's called Holy Hell. No. I have All right. No. So extremely interesting. This guy, you know, he starts off as kind of like a yoga thing, almost like Bikram. Um, and then it turns into this religious thing and um, it, it, no one's allowed to have any kind of uh, intimate relationships. It's all these young kids that he's kind of bringing into this cult. Um, and then it, it, it's so crazy when you watch this. He starts taking the young men and doing therapy with them. 
charging them for therapy. And during the therapy, he ends up molesting them. He ends up having these sexual relations, and he's telling them that he's, he's exercising these devils and these demons out of them, and he wants to get it out of them so they don't end up infecting others with them. Um, long story short, this guy ends up being a, a gay porn star <laughs> that actually became this cult leader, and it, it, it became a crazy scenario where millions and millions and millions of dollars that this guy was just drawing out of people. And it had nothing to do with religion. It had absolutely nothing to do with it. Just self-control, uh, uh, not self-control, control of others for self-fulfillment. And if you look at when religions turn bad, it's because of people like that. And that's where people draw themselves away from it. So there's many Muslims that I don't associate with because all they want to talk about is how you know, um, to be a Muslim, you have to, you know, have this kind of hatred and anger and what. And I'm like, that's not what I was taught. That is nothing of what I was taught. I was told to love thy neighbor, no matter who your neighbor is, to to be able to respect others, to be able to embrace others and try to give them comfort in whatever their time of need is, not to just go after them because they might be a little weaker. That is actually the basis of all the religions when you look at them. The mm-hmm. basis is to be able to protect and take care of each other, not to go and after each other. And of the two new commandments Jesus gave to his disciples in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine, and the second is like unto it, you shall love thy neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. It, you know, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, they're... they're pretty much the same stories with different names and timelines can someone explain to me though one thing what does giving up meat on fridays during lent have to do with my faith it's a sacrifice okay well it's no different than you you fast from certain things like in in judaism uh the the sabbath is that time where you reflect and you kind of go back to old times. There's no electricity used. People sit in the synagogue. They pray. No electronics. None of that stuff is being used. So this way they could focus on the religion. Um, once a year, you know that uh, in the Islamic religion, I fast. And when I tell you, people are like, aren't you hungry? Don't you? And I'm like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's just something that you want to be a part of. To be able right. to belong to what you believe in, it doesn't mean that you're doing anything crazy. It's it's something that you're experiencing during that time. And for me, I feel it's a cleansing time. No different than probably no meat on Fridays. It's a cleansing time. This is something that you are cleansing your system. Whatever the belief that started this, that that's what it comes out to. Nice. I I I, I know. I've 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 talked to you during the fasting, and I'm like, I couldn't do it. And I can even tell, like. By the end of the day, you're just like ready. You're 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 a little you're a little on edge. You're you're, you're what is it the uh, the Snicker bar hungry type person? Um, you know, you're like, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm on edge not because of the fasting as much as dealing with certain things. Right, um, right, right. right. Well, yeah, was, yeah, I mean, you know, and, somebody and that's stealing my thing. bread. I mean, it, it, there's a lot that goes on. Speaking so of quick story. Today. So quick story, Mike. <laughs> We all used to work together at one point, and okay. and uh, Sam was our boss. So they had this party without uh, the peons, me and Ed, and then they invite me and Ed up. It wasn't and a there's all kinds on. of food. It wasn't a party. 
we, it was no no it was we, kind of we had a, it meeting. Was a meeting right? yeah. i saw it as a party um <laughs> <laughs> but so we go up there and there's like sandwiches it's all like i believe i called you guys and i said guys why don't you come up and get something yeah, yeah come up and get something so they're all in there and there's a big big loaf of bread and uh ed's like uh, they're like take take more take more like we eat a little bit and they're like take more take more take more and ed goes go ahead ed can i have the bread now yeah i heard heard no i heard no from everybody in the room because sam had big plans it's this time sam drove two hours home okay and he was going to take this big loaf of bread and eat it like a pig on the way home dip it in oil and and just eat it away, right? <laughs> like a pig. Yeah. Ed takes the bread. Ed takes the bread. Was what? And uh, the next day you came down, Sam? No, it was and- later. No, it was like a, an hour or so later. And like okay. I'm like chomping on the bread too. Like, it, 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 like Ed, Ed legitimately, it's like one of those moments where he um he legitimately heard Sam say yes. And Sam, he's like, you said yes. And Sam's like, no, I said, no, Sam was pissed for like so much so that, that by the next week, Ed learned how to bake and made bread for everyone. <laughs> no, I overnight. Knew, I knew how to overnight. make bread. Okay. Let's... He went home that <laughs> night. He looked up sourdough. He started baking. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't sleep. You put the fear of, <laughs> of, of, of God. He was religious for two days. Uh, but no, I, I mean, all joking aside, I really, and, and it's funny because I found out that Ed was um, atheist through a oh, certain. This is, good, this is a good story. Yeah. So one of our coworkers, uh, very religious, and this coworker always referenced everything to, you know, my God is this, and and we need to pray to God and God and 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 this person was a, a convert to Christianity. So um, very. You know, I'm I'm happy for that person that they, they they felt this way. So there was an accident involving one of our coworkers, and um, this person sent out a message saying that we all need to pray for this person, and she wanted us to send back, like you know, via text, like you know, uh, you know, uh, my my thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. Um, I'm I'm praying for you guys. And Ed sent sent a message back that was so benign. Um, it was like. Um, uh, something like you know I, I i'm sure everything will go well and, and i i laughed because i get a side text from that person saying what the heck is wrong with him why isn't he saying this and i'm like in my head i'm like i don't think he believes in our prayers or god so i can't like tell him like hey you need to you need to send a message from god to this person so the next day i said hey um are you atheist and he goes yeah why <laughs> i just i started laughing because this other person said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring the Bible in because he needs to read it. And I was like, don't do that. Just don't, don't, do that. that. don't do that. It's Makes like, you know, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Ed, have you ever read anything in the Bible? I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, I don't remember anything. Uh, it's so. You know, has don't any- think me of like something to read. Like, hey, I think you'd enjoy this. I probably would. It's I'm not like opposed to it. Just it's a piece of documentation. Well, it's like here- when when Jay asked me to jump in on this. Uh, I was outside smoking a cigarette, but before that, was it a cigarette? I was reading the Torah. Hey, okay. you read Hebrew. I've got 
What was that? You read Hebrew? Yes. Good for you, man. Really? Uh, wait a minute. I wait have a, minute. a... Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. Beep, beep, beep. When did you learn how to read... Hebrew? Yeah. That. <laughs> Years ago. Mike, I, I wanted you to stay quiet because he didn't even know the word he was going to say. No, no, no. Uh, uh, no, years ago, uh, we had some Jews marry into the family, and uh, okay, I, I'd I, be over there for seders, yeah, oh, man, seder dinner, dinners, Jew, yep. Jewish, yeah, yeah, Jewish seder dinners, insane, yeah, the best, best. Oh the my best. god. You just put, uh, that but you know, I I, I, re I read all kinds of religious texts. I've I've read pretty much every version of the Holy Bible there is, New International, King James. Uh, I obviously have the Torah. Uh, I have a Quran uh, that's, I think it's about 218 years old. So what do you get out of reading them? Like, for you, what is it? Uh one, it helps me assimilate with other people. Helps me understand other cultures, beliefs, and their 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 base for their religion. Essentially, this is Jay googling assimilate. <laughs> uh, you know, it 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 opens up all kinds of new conversations. No, yeah, no, that's that's good. I mean. Because my, my next and question is going to be, go ahead. God. No, my next question was going to be: Has anybody here ever thought about like jumping ship and going like Ed? You would just pick any religion, going to a religion. But like, you ever think about changing religion? Like, you know, I, I've I've had family members who are Jewish and and gotten involved in the, in their customs and like, yeah, I could do this. Have you ever given any thought to jumping ship? No. No. I mean, John, it's not it's not like uh, it's not like meeting another girl and dating her and deciding you're going to go marry her and divorce your wife. It's not like that. Oh, and it's funny. You, you kind of start taking the words out of my mouth, Sam. Like it the thing about my understanding, again, people can grow and their views can alter and they could be within the scope of what they're raising. Right. Right. So I don't think it's a matter of jumping ship. I think it's maybe just this kind of having a different understanding the scope of what your religion is at the time um i do know people have converted uh, yeah, but I, I think it i think it's a very dramatic or extreme way to say you know hey and, and i could see it because again if you're you know a baby and you're you're baptized catholic and you grow up and you realize you want to um you you, you want to you know be Jewish and you start looking into it or, or whatever it may be and you want to pick your own religion because it's what works for you, it's what you believe in again, you get that faith and you get that 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 strength from, from what you choose so I do get that I mean um, and I get that it happens probably a lot more now than it did but I do think, it, again, it goes back to and and it's not like I, Ed and I have had many discussions about religion. He respects the religion. He doesn't have anything against it either. It's just that he has his way of believing how the world kind of turns and how he believes his connection to it is. 
And I think that's what the important, to me, the important part of my religion and my belief is how I connect it to what I do every day. So um, there's, I don't pray five times a day, um, but I do mm-hmm. pray. In, in my own way, I pray probably a hundred times a day. Um, I don't just go to God when, you know, th- there's something happening and I'm like, oh my God, I gotta, you know, no, that's not, that's not the way it goes. Um, you have to believe in what you believe, whatever it is, you have to believe in all the time and be able to embrace it, good, bad, or ugly. So to say, again, because you're an atheist that you don't have a belief system, I think you do have a belief system. It might just not be my belief system. It might not be that structured belief system yeah. that you were brought up to be. It's it's a worldview construct. That's kind of the way I phrase it. Um, it's funny, though. I do want to kind of bring something up, too, that it was a kind of a moment you and I shared, uh, Sam. It was when I um, when I brought you the the prayer rug. The prayer. Do you remember that? I do. So, I um, I was at a flea market. I needed a rug uh, for my guitar pedals, and it was an it was a beautiful rug. It was red, and you know I used it many times, unknowingly that it was a prayer rug. But uh-huh. I, for, I forgot there was a day that I was looking at it and I realized there was a certain arch on it that I just. I was always covered by when I was playing. And so I remember Sam and I are talking one day and I'm like, Hey Sam, like, does a prayer rug have like an arch on it? And I remember just saying like, yeah, I, I have one I've been using as like something for my guitar pedals. And Sam was like, I'll buy it from you. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'll give it to you. Cause I, I thought it was, it never, it never meant disrespect by it, but I could understand right. how it be, be perceived as disrespectful. So I think it was like a day or two later, I bring in the rug or the prayer rug. And there was something to the effects, and I'm correctly if I'm wrong, we were talking about that each time the uh, someone owns or has possession of that prayer rug, yeah. their thoughts, their intents travel with it. And I, I was I was actually saying something, and it kind of got in before I can finish it. It was you know, I, I was saying, like, I've, I've never prayed on this rug, but there have been some very magical moments I've had with this prayer rug where I've played at um at, at places and I, I've played some amazing music out of it. And it gave me immense joy and comfort and how in whatever scope that it was, I hope that is transferred for whatever it's worth, whatever intense and thoughtfulness that was feeling, there. The feelings are transferred, right. Exactly. And again, it's not something I prescribe to, but if it's something that I, I kind of understood, it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I, I get it. And it was, for me, I perceived it as somewhat of a tender moment. It, it was a moment of understanding. And, you know, it, it's, something, it's just something I think about quite a bit. Right. Is there anything I'm no. missing from that, Sam? I think, again, what you said is exactly right. So we believe when you pray, it's all positive thoughts. You're not not praying negative thoughts. And it's captured within your prayer rug. And that's why it's always been taught to us, like you you use your prayer rug as your um, kind of your, your spirit capturer to carry it around with you and give you that comfort. So it's not something that, you just kind of pull whatever, put it on the floor and pray and then move on. Um, even when we go to mosques, you can bring your prayer rug with you to go to the mosque and pray on it 
So this way, you're still capturing all your prayers in the same in that same rug itself. So it, it it's no different. So I, my wife was brought up Catholic. Um, my in-laws who live with me, of course, are Catholic. They they pray every Sunday virtually now because my mother-in-law is unable to get out of the house due to her disability. I've been to church with them many times. I, I, I actually got married in a church and in a mosque. So there's nothing that withholds someone from what they believe just because of a structure or an area or whatever it might be. And I, I think that's where that disrespect comes into place, that if I start, um, like if I go to church and I'm disrespectful in the church because it's, it's not where I pray. Or you go to a mosque and you di- you're disrespectful in there and not following the rules because it's not where I pray. Or you go to a synagogue or you go to any one of these places that is, is a house of God and you're being disrespectful to that. So I, I really believe it has to do with you as a human being trusting in what you believe in no matter where you go. And not to let that other stuff influence you negatively, you know? And we'll be right back. Hey guys, what's the one thing we all look for? Pretty simple, straightforward, right? Someone we can trust. When we look for a doctor, we want someone that's going to make us feel comfortable, taken care of, and give us an honest opinion and how to get it fixed. Well, that's why you would need the same kind for your car. Where do I go? I go to Sonono Auto Center, located in Landing, New Jersey. That's in North Jersey for you South Jersey folks. I see Mike. Mike is an A-plus mechanic that I've been going to for over 20 years. This man has never disappointed me, friends, family, anyone that I've sent to him. He's honest and is an A-plus mechanic. There's no job that's too small for him to do or any job at all that he will not take on and make sure to get it done with the best level of care for you and your vehicle. So, next time you're having car trouble, reach out to Mike at Snono Auto Center. That's S-N-O-N-O Auto Center. The number is 973-398-8371. Again, 973-398-8371. Google him. Look him up. He has amazing reviews. No one that goes there ever comes out feeling in any kind of way taken advantage of. Good man, good business, great work. Him and his crew will always take care of you. And welcome back. And we're back. So we're sitting here talking about religion. And um, I just kind of want to want to switch gears a little bit. Um, When. When and and if you guys had kids, where and what did you do? What did you do and what would you do um, for religion? Uh, I'll Um, go go first. Yeah. So I, you know, I remember when my wife and I first got married. Again, she was brought up in the Catholic religion. I'm Muslim. And everybody had an opinion. Everybody said you Mm -hmm. should let your kids grow up and make their decision on what religion they want. I disagree with that. 
I think you need to build a foundation for them. And if they get older and they move on to something else, that's, that's you know, there's nothing you could do about that. But to build a foundation to at least give them something to work off of is, I, I think, the right thing that we're supposed to do as parents, no different than anything else. There has to be, and I'm sure Ed and, and uh, you guys will all disagree with this, there has to be some structure that they they have to believe in something of why we are here and doing what we're doing and not just kind of free form unless you want to bring you again, even if you want to bring your kids up to be atheists, that's fine. You're not going to bring them up to be atheists and, and hate religions. You're going to bring them up to believe in whatever you're having them believe. And if they change their mind later on and want to be able to join uh, Catholicism, uh, Judaism or Islam, it, it's not, it's not unheard of, but to kind of let right. them, enter the world with no structure, with no kind of belief system, I think it, I think it might not set them up in the right direction. That's my belief. I'm going to agree with you, and it's hard for me because I'm not having kids. Just not, I don't want them. You have cats. I have oh. Yeah, I have but, cats. And... But you have, you have pets, and I don't mean that, like you, but you, you guide them in certain ways, so you would, what would you do? If they were kids, would you pick, would you have them pick a religion? Would you? I don't know. To be honest with you, I, I, I don't know. It's not something I really thought about. My, my reaction, my knee jerk reaction is, is to say, yes, they need some form of structure. Um, I just don't know what it would look like, though. I, I honestly don't. Um, but I do agree with Sam. There needs to be some sort of foundational system. There needs to be something that they know that there's something there. What it is. And look, grow, yeah, growing yeah, up, I just, I just don't know what it would look like. I, I don't know how I would approach it. So it, but I do believe there needs to be something. And to go back to your, to go it. back to your no. comment earlier, uh, John, like you know, would you switch religions, whatever else? Growing up as a Muslim in an environment that was not supported to to what religion I believed in, it was very difficult. And you know, my story about my friends all going to uh, church every. Uh, Friday to do confession, like I was like, I I want to do that. <laughs> I, I I I mean, my confessions were crazy, but I I want to go do confession. That sounded like something really cool that I wanted to be involved in. Um, I celebrate every holiday that there is, not from a religious piece, but from like a ceremonial piece. It's it's almost become a uh, commercial more than anything else that you want to be a part of. So. It's not that I wanted to switch religions, but it was tough, like trying to explain to people why I'm fasting, trying to explain to people, um, you know, why I I acted a certain way, why I didn't eat pork. Um, even till today, people are like, you know, why don't you have a drink? And I'm like, it's not something that I grew up believing to do. And it's a part of my religious beliefs. So it, it was very difficult just to kind of accept that my my surroundings were going to build my foundation rather than what I grew up believing and then I can make my own decision if I want to change on my experiences rather than influence around us. It goes back to the whole cult theory. Right. Right. Mike, and, and what did you do? Um, how, how do you handle your kids as well? Well, you know, I've got 800 kids. Yeah, like, and uh, like 20 more. No, the, right. 
they're all baptized. Uh, we pray every night. Uh, a few of them will literally pull out their Bible and ask me or their mother to read with them. They, they, they enjoy it. And again, I mean, later on in life, if they decide to marry into another religion and they want to uh, adopt another religion, it doesn't mean that they lost what you may have put as a foundation firm. They're building on it in their own kind of way. You know, Absolutely. I have, I have mm-hmm. kids that are going to get married. And I, you know, for me to tell my daughters, you have to marry a Muslim man because I don't want any, or I tell my son, you have to marry a Muslim woman or, you know, force them to convert. The religion itself says you cannot force someone to be a part of the religion. It, it, it strictly prohibits it because it's not a matter of, you know, if you're, if you're not a Muslim, then you're not a good human being. The only thing that really is requested is just to respect the boundaries of anyone's religion and not try to invade it with whatever your 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 narrative, your situation, your whatever you want to call it. I agree. Mormons. Mormons. Stop knocking on my door. <laughs> They're like uh, when the the scammers uh, call. You just, uh, I, I like to mess with them. Let me I'd rather get funny. a call from some guy in Delhi than the Mormons knocking on my door. Oh my God. You're going to be there. It's for funny. I, I have a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, or that's what I mean. Or... Jehovah's, sorry. No, it's okay. It's funny. As soon as I moved into where I, I live now, I, I have the no knock sign put up for that reason. And they, they, they respect that? No, they, they, they uh. knock the first time. And I, I just I ignored it and didn't say anything, but I'm like, okay, maybe they maybe they'll read the sign. And I think they did because I haven't seen them since. So thank you, thank you, Jehovah's Witnesses, for respecting my boundaries. Yeah, I I think again that that's one of the things I never appreciated of any religion is like you can come knock on my door and say, hey, we're in the neighborhood. We just wanted to let you know we're here in case you need us. That's fine, but um. It, where I lived prior to where I am right now, my driveway was like about a mile upwards. And they walked all the way up to the driveway. They came up, they knocked on the door, and my wife answered. And my wife, you know, and they're like, hi, we're from, and I said, take a deep breath, relax a minute. I said, why don't you guys come on in and have a seat. And they came in, and um, the one lady says, you know, I don't see any crosses in your home. I said, correct. And she said, do you not believe in God? And I said, of course I believe in God. And she said, you know, I, I don't see any crosses. And I said, well, um, we're Muslims. And the one lady goes, oh, we need to pray. And I laughed and I said, okay, what do you want to pray? And, I, you know, I gave them water, made sure that they didn't have a heart attack from climbing the, the side of the mountain that they had to climb to get up there. And at the end of the one-hour visit, um, they're, they're still convinced they were going to convert us. And they wanted to know if they can come back with more constituents. And, and I said, listen, I want to be respectful. And I'm telling you, I appreciate you guys coming up. I respect what you guys believe in. But I want you to respect what I believe in as well. I said, it's all about having a peace in your heart that makes you believe what you believe. And she says, but you really need to believe in what we believe in. 
and and it was just such a bizarre thing. It was such a bizarre thing. And I and I went off on a tangent with them, and I said, I said, so I see you guys are wearing. That's amazing. I see you guys are wearing um, crosses, <laughs> and I, I'm curious. You wear the cross because that's the symbol of what Jesus Christ suffered on, right? And they said, yeah. And I said, so if he was shot, would you wear a gun? <clears throat> and she was like, oh, that's blasphemy. And I said, I'm, I'm just curious. I said, you know, would you wear, if, if he was stabbed, would you wear a knife? And um, I think that was kind of the turning point that they were like, okay, we're, we're done. We're done. We're out of here. Yeah, we're out. Yeah. I think I think I told you growing up we had um a, you know it was a neighborhood of kids and around the block uh, my friend Anthony he's uh his parents were born again and uh when you walked into his kitchen his mother had an ongoing list of of um names to pray for to be saved mm-hmm. um and of course we were all on there because we were all Catholics and we all needed to be saved and and to me like it was a very hard concept for me because I'm like, but I believe in God. Why is he not the same as your God? And it was just, it was, it was kind of hard to swallow. And I, and I, I remember you and I were talking about this, John, where it is a hard thing to swallow when you're, you're hearing people say things that are a little outrageous, right? So they Mm -hmm. would say, so you're Allah. how, How does he work? Not like, excuse me. I said, you know, the word it, the word Allah is no different than saying Yahweh or God or. And they're like, no, 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 no. It, it, we don't call our God Allah. And it was just like such a bizarre thing to try to explain to people that that that's just the Arabic word for God. Yeah, and it, what kills me is I'd rather listen to Allah than some dude grab your face and say you're healed and shake you like you're 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 you know have epilepsy or something i don't know but it's just it that, that i i believe more in allah than than i do the person shaking and smacking your head and saying you're healed it's just I, I i don't understand i guess it goes back to what people are willing to believe and what's far-fetched for them um i always go back to the wrestling analogy my grandparents believed that wrestling was real just for the rest of us and tracy and wisconsin there um always believed oh, wrestling. Yeah. yeah always believed wrestling was weird, real oh well they're really going out in the stretcher they're really hurt they're really this and yeah did they get hurt but they just believed that these were real people and they acted that way i just believe that you know especially when it comes to the healing and what were the, the televangelists um that people just they wanted to believe they needed to believe in something um and i think that that's that's part of the problem too is people need and want to believe in something so they've got to pick something you know i think i i'm just speaking off the cuff here but i think someone like ed is a lot stronger than any of us because he didn't pick anything and he's just like i don't need to believe in anything i'm going to do it on my own and i know you have that attitude i i i don't think i agree it's I'm no better, no stronger, no different. I, I just, the, the beat of my drum is just a little bit different. Uh, you're a hero. You're a hero. Somebody. <laughs> Did I ever tell you you're my hero? <laughs> I went to Foo Fighters. Yeah. There it goes. That's the first one I thought of. Oh, my God. Here, Yeah, that was from uh, Varsity Blues. Um, 
So, but hold what on. Do you... I, I, I want to show you. You spoke about evangelists, and the only reason I I want to show this video is I think it it depicts exactly what we were talking about before, where, um, you know, pe people want to make what they want to make out of something. And th this video just depicts how crazy we expect people to act sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. um, so just watch this video. Do you believe that the Lord tonight has set you free? Yes, sir. So this is a, uh, a black church where they have a young man come up to the minister, and you just heard him say, do you believe that you're going to be safe tonight? And um, we'll put this video up as a, a up on the, the channel just so people can see what we're looking at. Um, and I'm just going to let it play out. Turn around and tell those people. Tell them. I'm not gay no more. I am delivered. I don't like men no more. I said I like women. Women, women, women. I said women. I'm not gay. I would not date a man. I would not tear a purse. I would not put on makeup. I will, I will love a woman. Now listen, y'all praise God with him. Hold on, wait a now, minute. somebody believe God with him. So how, how bizarre is that? That's heart-wrenching. That, that, that's heart-wrenching. I actually saw that clip, I think, two days ago. And it's so and bizarre. I was, it was mind-numbing Yeah. for me. Yeah. I mean, who wears a gray suit with a yellow tie like that? Seriously. <laughs> you are the most obnoxious person <laughs> I've ever seen. This, hey, maybe I would rock that outfit. This poor guy, and there's actually like a and Mike. I don't know if you saw the post interview with this guy, like after this whole thing, where he said he went to church, he didn't realize he was going to get called up, and he felt he was put on the spot, and he needed to say something, and that's what he said that he was delivered with a T at the end. Um, but he he says, you know, I'm I'm still gay. I'm I, I haven't yeah, changed. I I seen it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. All right. So, and I mean, how many other people have been put in that position where they were to confess to something because they're, it's forced. You're, mm -hmm. you're pressured to believe in something that you, you don't really believe in. You're, that's not who you are. And it goes back to the whole madness of what the religious leaders want to influence us and make us believe whether you're giving money, whether you're changing religions, whether you're believing to hate. Um, it, Muslims apparently, you know, I remember this one lady said, you know, in the Quran it says to hate, to hate all Americans. And I said, uh, I don't think so. There was nothing called America back then for them to say hate right. all Americans. Then another person said, well, it said to hate all the white people. And I said, uh, I don't think it said that either. Um, and it... it it's just weird how we sometimes interpret certain scriptures. Infidel, that's correct, yeah. And, and I think that's, that's the big piece is people then interpret exactly what you just showed, Mike, uh, infidel, to whatever they want. Mm -hmm. 
And infidel loosely translates to non-believer. Correct. That's exactly right. And it's it's not a non-believer in God. It's a non-believer in the Islamic faith. So if you're not Muslim, you're an infidel. If you're a Jew, a Gentile, you're an infidel. That's the translation. That's absolutely. But back then, remember what they called infidels was the, the people that were praying to statues. And, yeah, and and if I remember correctly, there was a time when infidel actually meant like infidel? was perceived infidel was uh you know what I mean was um, I think that's a drink. Be American was perceived to be an American. Well, again, that's the translation. That's what somebody yeah. bastardized it to. And I'm talking from the Islamic religious side where they, they wanted to pick a target to be able to mm-hmm. cause you to have hate towards it. And yep. it, it then just influenced people to start labeling things. And that's where it becomes dangerous. I mean, I heard recently um, that, you know, somebody was, uh, I forgot what I was watching. And he was saying that he has created a new Islamic uh part of the religion and i'm like so what what are we doing like if you can't believe in what the books say and you want to make up your own and interpret your own then it it just becomes a non-religion well that's actually a good point like has anybody here thought about making their own religion like ed i'm more curious on your answer like would you make a religion hell no no absolutely not no. No. I'm not. actually I'm actually really amazed that there are not a lot more I'll say sex sects of the Islamic faith as you know Christianity. Islam's a lot older than Christianity. And You mean Christianity is a lot older than Islam? Or Catholicism. Catholicism. Uh, but you know, there's 800 different branches of Christianity. You've got Jesuits, you've got Baptists, born agains, Irish Catholic, Romish Catholic, Methodist, Protestant. There, there's so many different. So why do you think that happened? Honestly. Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with, like we said earlier, people wanted power. They wanted control or they wanted more freedom, more liberties. And I agree with all of them, but I also got to add in lazy. I believe they were lazy and they didn't. I think Catholicism was you had to put some work into it. You had to read. You had to you had to know the scriptures. You had to, you know, want real wine and and all that. And it just I watched it get watered down between a lot of different religions, even right down to the passages and the um, Proverbs, like, you know, Catholics, you get this much of a three page quote and each sect of religion kind of took it and took the rest of it. Um, It's the, I don't don't know the, the, the Psalm or whatever, but you're doing good. Keep going. Go ahead. Yeah, it's the one where Jesus goes into the temple and he loses his temper and he flips the tables and 
and that's what Catholics hear that because you know Jesus got mad and they were using the temple as a as a, a poker place and the gambling and hookers and drinking and this that and the other. There's a whole other section of that, whole other section that the Methodists read, and it's like you know a storm came through and and uh, blew down this and it's like wow why can't we just read the whole thing why are we not given the whole thing and uh, i'm i'm the only counter where i'm going to have to this john you could read the entire and whether it's be religious text scientific text just even a comic book what people choose to take away from it mm-hmm. is what it is mm-hmm. it's no all about their, their own perception and they're they're going to insert whatever serves their purpose best and that's mm-hmm. most people so, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but... I actually, I, I en- not enjoyed, like, I'm glad it happened, but I enjoyed knowing that during uh, the whole September 11th event, we had the different religious leaders come together and be able to speak the same thing to try to convince people to get back to some level of stability. Mm-hmm. And it, you still had the people out there that wanted to separate it. And it wasn't about, at that point, they weren't prophesizing religion. They were prophesizing humanity on how we should be able to respect and take care of each other and not act the way that we started acting during that time. Because we started drawing some very heavy lines in the sand saying, you know, this religion is this and that religion is that and we need to abolish. And and it, it became just like a lot of craziness. I remember even our president at that time coming out and saying, you know, the Muslims need to change their religion. (laughs) And it was a pretty prolific statement to make during a time that we were literally like ready to blow up the whole world with crazy thoughts about religion. And rather than saying something to the effect that we need to come to the table and be able to treat each other with respect and take care of each other. And again, that human piece um, we were starting to talk about how one religion was better than the other. And um, you still hear, I mean, I think Donald Trump said it that, or maybe maybe it wasn't him. I, don't, I, I thought it was during his tenure where he said that um, the, the whole United States was built on the um, Christian religion, and that's what we need to believe, and that's what people need to be a part of. That's what drives people away from wanting to be a part of what we do every day. So the diversity, that melting pot that we always refer to, I always see it as, you know, you take a bunch of crayons, you throw them in and you melt them. There's no way you're going to be able to tell where the black went, where the orange went, where the green or anything else. You have to believe that they mixed together and came up with whatever color came out at the end and use it to the best of your abilities. Not to sit there and say, oh, no, no, I just want that little speck right there of orange. I, I don't care for anything else. It's it's one pot. And I think, again, we've talked about this as well. I think 9-11, um, that was something that brought everybody together. And it, it showed us what we could do if we all stick together. It should have brought um, us together, John. It really yeah. should have brought us together. But instead, this is where the emotion that comes along with anger is so strong that it really skews your vision on everything in life. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. And it's and funny that we kind of circle back to 9-11 because when I was talking about terror management theory earlier, it's it actually started in the, like this research in there started at the 90s, but 9-11 was the catalyst of that research becoming more popularized and more talked about. So it's it's kind of ironic to bring that back up. And I'll tell you, from, from the Islamic side, many real religious leaders will tell you that the people that did that in the name of religion was to destroy what they had built over decades and centuries and trying to be a unified, I guess, human element in believing in each other. And what they did there in the name of so-called religion was not really to do anything but to separate us further. It was meant to break us apart. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I I like this podcast. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. All right, and Mike, Mike, end us with a prayer. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but listen, um, in all honesty, this was a great discussion. I, I love that we have our differences in what we believe, but the commonality in all of this is that we believe we are still human beings that can have free thought, can have that free reign. And, you know, God bless America. I have to say that all the time. I don't think we'd be able to have this discussion anywhere else. We'll, we'll... No. And, and I think this is why we do what we do. And I think it was very early on when you and I were discussing this, doing this podcast. And I said, we're going to talk about religion. And, and you're like, do you really want to talk about religion? Politics? Yeah. Well, you know, it's I, because it's I, controversial. It, right? It's well, yes, yeah, it's, it's polarizing. Very. Yeah. But, you know, again, you really want to get into what, uh, what's controversial these days. I mean, we can go right down the list of stupid things that are controversial that shouldn't be because people are just too afraid that they're going to, you know, hurt themselves. And um, they're going to have to go into a safe space somewhere. Sorry, they probably said I'm too much already. Space. Huh? I'm in a safe space. Like yeah, but safe. you don't have your robe or your knit hat on or your guitar on. Let me tell you I about this guy, Mike. It. No, Mike, let me tell you about this guy. We oh, were man. so we were on a conference call for work. It was an emergency conference call. On a Sunday. Holiday weekend. On, on a Saturday. Sunday. Saturday. 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 It was Saturday because it was after Thanksgiving. No, guys. Saturday, oh. Saturday, you guys were in the office. Oh, yeah, it was Sunday. He's right, actually. Yeah. I don't remember anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't so, drink I don't drink or do edibles, so my memory is pretty sharp. I was definitely drinking during that call. But um that okay, was not right? ice yeah. Yeah, that was not ice take. That was not ice take. That was bourbon. Anyway. Bourbon, anyway. bourbon. Now there's women on this call. Ed shows up and he's like this. He's got a robe. It's undone to here. He's got a knit hat on and he's just sitting on his couch open robe. And the crate, so nipple wait, hanging out. Wait, yeah. wait, the best part is I'm getting text messages literally from everybody. What the hell is Ed wearing? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Ask him. Like, what are you asking me for? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what I'm wearing. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> my house, baby. My house, my time. On a I'm, Sunday. I'm, yeah. I'm living my life right now. But, yeah. So, but no, this is why we do this. I, I, I ever, Ed, thank you for, you know, talking about not believing in a God and being godless. Mike, thank you for, um, 
you know, your expertise in this. That really didn't sound um, good, being godless. <laughs> no, that was... And thanks for being a fucking heathen. I, I, you know what, though? That, that's pretty much what he said. <laughs> yeah. I'll walk around my heathen, my, my heathen token right here. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, John has such a way with words. He's I just, do. He's a poet. I'm doing. He's a poet. HR guru. Let me tell you something. I have to not say this during the day. I'm going to say it in the podcast, damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I know. <laughs> Your filters are so amazing. I know. They I know. fall I off after them. a certain amount I, of time. Yeah, I, they're like literally eight, eight and a half hours, maybe, after that. I'm just, you know, I don't know. Someone said, hey, you can be head of HR. Awesome. It was within those eight hours that they chose that for me. So it worked. But um, thank God you you weren't saying. Well, we appreciate you being godless, right? <laughs> Are you heathen? In, in, in Are a you place, godless? In a place that you work, that they're caring for people that are on their like last leg of life. You're like, right, oh, yeah. right, right. Are you godless? Do you believe in God? You're godless. Okay, cool. There's a space over here for you. It's called the godless corner. <laughs> we, yeah. I'll, I'll sit there right after this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you, Ed. I appreciate you, Mike. Um, thanks for uh, jumping on. Um, yep. And uh, appreciate it. Uh, well, that was actually a monumental episode. Let me tell you why. Not only did we talk about godless people and God and a bunch of other things, but that was the first time that we had a, a two repeat guests, let alone one, on our podcast. And... Um, I believe that that's our twenty second podcast. Yeah, that we put up. Like that's pretty good. We're putting we're 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 actually becoming pros at this crap. Well, I, I you know what? It, it really, the guests make it, and Ed and Mike have uh, an amazing yeah. an amazing amount of uh, con- contribution to so many different things. I mean, um, I mean, they pick a point and they really just stick to it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it, they they really just put it in there and they 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 give it their all. It could be glass, it could be I mean any kind of object that they want to use to be able yep. to they, get they their just point in there. It. Yeah, they go for it. Yep, it's like it's like the end of the night. You're in a club. I know you're scared. <laughs> give it time, all right. Give it time. You're in a club, and there's like three girls that haven't been picked up yet, right? Those guys are going to pick up one of those three girls. Even when the lights come on, they're just going to finish it through. I think they're going to still through. sing Don't Stop Believing. They're going to sing it on repeat. And I think it's or, called Coyote Love. Yeah, or or Mr. Brightside. Apparently, that's a closing song, too. Yeah, that's another, like, ugh. I didn't know that, actually. But, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Brightside. Hey, but yeah. I want to give a shout-out to one of our biggest fans out there, located oh, in South Jersey. Miss Carol Bates. Amazing. She's been a supporter. She's been great sharing it with her friends. Stay strong. Keep sharing it, Carol. We appreciate you. Carol's got all our friends listening. Liz, the Flamingo lovers, all of them. They're all listening. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you to Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes for um, the free advertisement. Another great episode. I'm going to say, yeah, stay classy, New Jersey, and have a great day on purpose.
Hey, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Jersey Smarties podcast on any number of formats. Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever. Just click on the button. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks for listening to Jersey Smarties. Real talk, real people.